So how did you keep that mindset of yours? What did you keep doing to say that, hey, I'm not going to give up? Is this something based on your training or this is just how you are as a personality? Like, what did you do? I'd say, yeah, you know, I mean, there's, I don't know how many times I, I sat down and said, we're never going to be able to do this. I mean, there was, there's hundreds of times I was like, we're, we're never going to do this. And my dad, the same thing. So there was times where I was down. He was up. Time that he was down, I was up. And so we were always there to support each other saying, we can do this. We can do this. Um, so that was the main thing. And, you know, I guess if you ask if it's personality or training, I'd say the training would be growing up playing team sports. Uh, you know, you're going to make an error and you got to move on and you got to keep going. And that's why you have your teammates there to help lift you up and guide you and support you. So I'd say that was probably the training I received was just growing up playing team sport. Welcome to REI Secrets Spill, Fast Track to Riches, the go-to podcast for anyone looking to master the art of real estate investment and retire confidently. Whether you are a seasoned investor or just starting out, you're in the right place to discover the strategies and insights to help you retire on your terms. We'll break down complex concepts into easy-to-understand insights, ensuring that you'll find valuable takeaways no matter where you are in your investment journey. So, Get ready to unlock the secrets of real estate investing and step into a future where you can retire like a boss. It's time to turn those retirement dreams into reality. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome to REI Secrets Spilled, Fast Track to Riches, where we talk about all the secrets, the pains and the challenges that comes uh, behind the scene being in the real estate uh, business. Uh, which not a lot of people talk about, but uh, there are a lot of things that happens over here, that, such as, um, you know, there are a lot of good things that happen, but at the same time, it all comes at a price and a lot of people don't talk about it. But here in this podcast, we try to get them out and let the people talk about their challenges uh, as well as their experiences in uh, this business. So today I have with me Kit Mixon, who started off as a cost analyst in corporate America, uh, in the oil and gas industry, wind energy industry, later on um, moved into uh, the U.S. military contracts uh, and, and then later on got into real estate. So we'll today uh, try to understand his journey from corporate America to real estate and uh, he has done quite a few things in the real estate business before coming into multifamily. He was also into uh, fix and flips. So we'll talk about that as well. And uh, welcome, uh, Kit. I uh, appreciate you taking your time to get on to this podcast. Oh, thank you, Sanjay. I'm glad to be here. So, um, Kit, um, you know, uh, it, I've known you for a while now. We are partners in some of our, um, you know, some of the uh, multifamily as well. Um, so, you know, I would like to hear from you because you do have a very interesting story about how you started off in corporate America. But before that, you were trying to do business with your father. Didn't want to do that with him, but later on still partnered with him. So it's a very interesting story the whys and everything right so yeah. yeah just tell us in brief about that journey of yours yeah so i mean if you want to start back my father we can go back to you know when i was a kid you know eight years old him uh, owning a store in a, in a mall and me being out there cleaning the windows at eight years old so we, we started working together at a when i was a young age i all went through high school and you know by the time i i was graduating high school i said i am never working with my family ever again um especially retail. That was, it was just bad. Um, but yeah, you know, I started working in corporate America as a cost analyst. I worked in oil and gas industry, wind industry, and then government defense contracts. I uh, worked on projects that were as large as $1.5 billion to projects that were as small as $1 million. And uh, no matter what industry I was in or what, you know, what the job was, my job was 
mainly the same. Um, that was the probably the only thing I liked about corporate America. Um, it didn't. It, different companies might have called the role different things, but it was the same thing. And uh, so I, again, I did that for 14 years. Um, I wouldn't say that I enjoyed it, but the, the pay was nice. The structure was nice. The Monday through Friday, and the federal holidays, you know, three weeks paid vacation was kind of cool. I think the enjoyment of corporate America ended there. I, I didn't like the cube farms and, you know, a lot of the things about corporate America, I just grew very tired of very, you know, after a while. After I got I got laid off in around, I think it was 2015, the price of oil started going down. So I got let go from, from Shell. And then as I was unemployed, my dad asked me if I wanted to go to a real estate meetup with him. And I asked him, I go, is this about flipping houses? And he said, yes. And I was like, no, I don't want to. And he was like, come on, you know, he kind of talked me into it a little bit. So I said, okay, you know, what else do I got to lose? Let's go to it. It's an hour long. Plus I get some Rudy's barbecue at the same time. So uh, we went ahead and went and... After I got done, we, we both looked at each other and I said, we can do this. This isn't like what I thought it was going to be. This isn't, you know, from the infomercials and things I've seen on TV. And uh, so we decided that we were going to do it. And within, uh, you know, a couple of months, we bought our first house uh, with, you know, a hard money loan. And, you know, I think we, we bought the house for around $112,000, put around $40,000 into the Reno. Six months later, we sold it for $224,000. Uh, we wanted to keep it as a rental, um, but we couldn't find a renter. And the holding cost was just eating our profit. And someone came to sell it for us, sold it. And uh, during that time, Again, you know, it was one house in six months. So, and you know, when you're splitting profit about thirty thousand uh, dollars evenly, it doesn't doesn't go too far. So, I I got another job. Uh, that was approached and asked if I want to come back and be a cost specialist again. So I said yes, and that was when I started working for KBR doing government defense contracts. And they uh, then started sending me overseas to the Middle East. And so, you know, I'd be over in Bahrain, eight hours ahead of Houston, and. Uh, trying to buy a single family home. Didn't, didn't work out too well. And then, you know, after I came back, I was I was driving through Houston and I saw this apartment complex. It was a small place. It's probably about 15, 16 units. And I, I thought that was interesting. And uh, I was like, you know, during that time, we also got two more rental houses, but you know, each one is two of us and we're the ones managing the crew. So each house was taking six months to get through and complete. And um, I started looking at multifamily and seeing, hey, you know, there, there's a 15 unit complex. I'd be like doing 15 houses at once. That sounds a lot better. I was like, you know, that's, I'm used to that. You know, my job, whether if it's a $1 billion contract or one and a half million dollar contract, it's, it's the same work. It's just bigger numbers. So that's why I thought, okay, we got to look at multifamily. Well, at the same time, he happened to look at multifamily too and kind of started seeing the same thing. And that was when he um, said that he had gone to a meetup just like one day, I guess, you know, like Ari Mentor um, did like a one day seminar here in Sugarland uh, about their, their their thing. And he goes, uh, there's a three day workshop. Do you want to go to it? Okay. Yeah, let's go. Let's go check it out. So we went to the three-day workshop and got to the third day. We looked at each other and said, we can do this. And uh, that's, so that's what got started in, in multifamily and going from there. And you know, and then uh, it, it took three years. And so after hundreds of LOIs being submitted, uh, we had only two LOIs. I've all those hundred ever submitted, uh, accepted. Out of those two LOIs, we never got past the the, the purchase agreement uh, negotiations that fell apart through that time. And then finally, we met the right sponsor, met the right partners, met the right teams, and finally got our first property in September of 2022, 75-unit property in Port Arthur, Texas. Lovely, lovely. So um, so that was a pretty good journey. But tell me about the frustrations and the mindset that you had to maintain. Because a lot of the things, right? Like, as you said, you did hundreds of, uh, you know, LOIs were sent out, yeah. out of which two uh, were accepted, but you couldn't get past the PSA. Yeah. So, you know, it takes a lot of energy and a mindset to keep uh, focused. So what did you do to keep yourself like positive? To Because a lot of people, you know, 
go through all these mentorship programs, not many, you know, get through it, right? Like not many people, yeah. you know, and uh, we probably would have noticed a whole bunch come to the UP and some of the other networking events. And you see the same people, but they've still not done a single project or, you know, um, or they've just said, you know what, I'll just become a passive investor. I don't want to get into this. Yeah. So because if, because there's a lot of challenge. So how did you keep that mindset of yours? What did you keep doing to say that, hey, I'm not going to give up? Is this something based on your training or this is just how you are as a personality? Like, what did you do? I'd say, yeah, you know, I mean, there's, I don't know how many times I, I sat down and said, we're never going to be able to. I mean, there was, there's hundreds of times I was like, we're, we're never going to do this. And my dad, the same thing. There would be, so there was times where I was down. He was up. The time that he was down, I was up. And so we were always there to support each other saying, we can do this. We can do this. Um, so that was the main thing. And, you know, I guess if you ask if it's personality or training, I'd say the training would be growing up playing team sports. Uh, you know, you're going to make an error and you got to move on and you got to keep going. And that's why you have your teammates there to help lift you up and guide you and support you. So I'd say that was probably the training I received was just growing up playing team sport. And that's something you got to do in this is what, what I strongly feel is you got to find the right team, the right people to work with. So, yeah, no, exactly. You brought in another point to it because we always keep saying multifamily is a team sport. So um, what are the challenges that you had to face or what was your criteria when you were picking up your teams? Like, what, what was your thought process as to like, hey, um, you know, this is my superpower. So that means I need to have certain people take care of certain things. And how did you try to weed them out? Because there are a whole bunch of us out there. And, um, you know, not necessarily everybody is bad or everybody is good. It's just that every single person has a different mindset and what they want to stay focused in. Some people might be great at what they do, but they might not be good partners to partner with. Uh, so yeah. how did you put together that team? Well, you know, I think we went about it, you know, I don't want to say necessarily the wrong way because, uh, you know, everyone has their own path. But um, I wish if I could go back, I would say that we need, we should have looked for our team at the beginning. We started off going thinking that we could, me and my dad, that we could conquer it ourselves. That all we needed was us to, you know, a sponsor. If I was to restart it, I would say I'd go find this, interview the sponsors first, find out what the sponsor wants to make the returns. That would be my first step going back on. So again, yeah, what was the question again now? So, so how did you put together the team? But I think you answered yeah. the question. I think. You did it a little bit, a little bit reverse. Um, you know, a lot <laughs> yeah. of them first go to the sponsors, then they talk to them, get an understanding, and then they start building a team that would fit in. Yeah. But yes, I think you still got through and, uh, you know, uh, the right kind of people came into your life. Um, you know, they always say that uh, people either come into your life to, uh, you know, either teach you a lesson or, you know, uh, or, or um, you, you, you become the person that you are because of the thing. Yeah. So you have to thank them either ways, right? For either teaching you something or making you grow. Uh, either ways you grow. So um, my next question to you would be is, what is it about when you first, like, you know, how did you get your first deal? Because uh, if I remember, there was a lot of negotiations that went in. And of course, I, you know, we we always kind of uh, say that, yeah, it was kids' uh, handsome face. Not that you're not, but, you know, but how, how was that? How was that experience? Man, uh, so I, I found out I like negotiating. Um, I didn't realize like how much I enjoyed it until I actually started getting into this. Um, but yeah, the, the first property that we were actually able to get was, you know, just a, someone posted it on Facebook. It was one of those Facebook groups. And I had learned to just kind of ignore these groups because the majority of the people that were saying, I got this property to sell was 
bogus, weird stuff. And so I would stay away from it. But my dad saw it at the same time and he sends it to me. He goes, did you see this? And I was like, yeah, the person who says they have it, they're posting it in every Facebook group that I'm in. I don't think it's legit, but he followed up with it anyways. And turns out that the property, you know, even though it wasn't listed for sale with this person who was trying to sell it on Facebook, we found the owner. We were able to figure out what the property was. We were able to figure out who the owner was and we called the owner. Um, the owner then calls my dad back and says, you know, yeah, the, you know, the property was for sale six months ago, but, you know, we decided to take off the market and wait to go back on the market next year. And he goes, okay, well, we said we found this listing and we're interested. And he was like, well, yeah, if you want to come out tomorrow, I'll give you a tour. Uh, it's still for sale, but you know we're just waiting to take it back to the market. So we said, yeah. So the very next day, we, we were out there in Port Arthur, Texas, getting a uh, getting a tour of the property. Wow! That, like you know, this is what um, I always say: never leave any stone unturned. Right? Yeah. A lot of people think that okay, hey, oh, it wasn't on the Craigslist. That's where all the deals go to die. You know, oh, why would somebody put it on Facebook if that was such a great deal? Why would he want to do that? But there is so much. Never give up on anything. Like you know, try every single thing that's out there. Uh, until you get to that uh, level, right? Now where things start yeah. coming to you. But until then, that was, the, you know, you got to do it and not get, how would I say, disheartened when it doesn't work out. I think that's yeah. the thing, that the mindset you got to have is to keep it going. So no, that that was a really good one. So, so when you got your first deal, I'm pretty sure you were excited. Um, yeah. You know, um, you you had a team that put together, they cl closed on the property. But I, I've always noticed this, like, okay, you know, we all enjoy saying that, wow, we closed down that property. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's when the fun starts, right? So you want to talk oh, yeah. a little bit about that, about how, how, how um, you know, what are the things that you had to face, some challenges that you had to face and how you overcame that? Yeah. So, I mean, it was, that was the exciting part, you know, I mean, when you're when you underwrite the property at first and you start realizing the issues and what the problems you got to solve, putting together the business plan. Yeah, so the executing the business plan has been one of my favorite parts. As soon as you get you know you get to put your plan into actual. Um, one of the big things there, they had a huge pothole right. You drove into the property, the rebar was sticking through. I mean, if it rained, you couldn't see it, and it was pushed. so. First or second day that we owned the place, we were up there. Me and my dad were up there with with cement and uh, pouring a new pouring the concrete in that hole. So that that was kind of fun. You know, that was the first thing we noticed. That was the first thing kind of a tenant base that we had to flip. There were other things like you know with um, the age the age of the building and things like that that we faced. Um, the electric system is something that we had to work with as well. The every unit had a Federal Pacific electric box in it, so that was required to change within 30 days. I think it was about 30 days. I think about 30 days uh, from the time that we closed in the property to get all those changed. Maybe I think it was six. Don't go. I think it was 60. I can't remember to get all those ch changed out. So I mean, that was the biggest thing that we were up against uh, was time was for our insurance to get every single one of those electric boxes changed out. So that was again something I felt I need to go out and find an electrician who go get those quotes. So it was before you know during the due diligence process is when we discovered that all those units had Federal Pacific electric boxes. So that was something that, you know, that popped up that during the underwriting process that we originally didn't plan for until after we toured the property. So yeah, that was, that was a big challenge getting that started. And uh, just along the way, we also you know, were implementing a solar project. The project was the property was all bills paid. Uh, so a big expense was the uh, utility cost. And a way that we found, found to bring that down was installing solar on the buildings. And not only was that going to lower our you know, utility costs and increase our NOI, we're also going to be able to provide our investors with a nice tax credit based on uh, the solar system that we were able to put in place. Lovely, lovely. So it was a, it was a pretty uh, good uh, first uh, first deal experience, 
right? From the start, I mean, you know, it was what we expected. Um, you know, when we flipped houses or, you know, renovated them, there were always rough houses. And so I knew what could be accomplished by doing some changes to a, to a house just made it look different, making it better on the inside. But it is a different beast when it's when it's 75 units and it's a bigger property. It's a lot more difficult than it's more zeros on a cost. Understood. So, so Kit, um, you know, they always keep saying that um, in this business, the first thing everybody asks you is, What's your superpower is what they keep asking you. So how long did it take you to um, get a good understanding about what's your superpower and um, what made you realize that, okay, hey, this is what I should be focusing on and I'm, I'm going to leave the rest to some of the other teammates. So we, when we got into it, me and my dad, we thought we could divide and conquer. Um, I was going to take on the underwriting, finding the properties, negotiating the LOIs, the contracts, and he was going to handle more of the CapEx side and the asset management side. He has a history of entrepreneurship, managerial, you know, things like that. So we thought he'd be good for the asset management. He was also, you know, like to do all the fixes around the house. So, you know, he knew CapEx stuff. He knew how much things cost. He knew how much how, you know, refrigerators and everything else like that cost, how much it would fix to repair some wood or drywall. Uh, so he was going to take all those responsibilities. Um, but as we got into the property, we realized that there was things that we liked doing and there was things that we didn't like doing. And as we got more into the asset management side of it, we both decided that, you know, it was a little bit more than we, what we thought it was going to be side. So when he would, you know, for his experience in the CapEx and things like that. So when I'm doing things, um, the underwriting, I would go to him and say, hey, this is the repairs that are needed for this much. How much do you think you would cost per unit? And we decided we, we like doing that better. Um, I like going out, finding it. I don't the, so in finding the properties, negotiating. And so I guess, you know, my superpower would be underwriting. That's why I like negotiating. That's why I like. Um, so that's why I like doing in this business. And we're able, lucky enough to find partners who like doing the asset management side. They love doing, doing that side. And so it was just a natural fit saying, hey, not only do you know how to do this, but I like you as a person. So it made it a very easy decision um, to give up my own equity in this property to have someone else who I like and trust to do the work I don't which frees me up for more time to do the thing I like to do, which is acquisitions, finding properties and negotiating negotiating for them. Even though I haven't found one since then, it's been fun. No, it's it's a very, uh, you know, something that everybody keeps thinking that when they get first started, they want to do everything by themselves. And yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? It's like, yeah, the, but then they realize that, okay, this is this is not something that one can do by themselves. They need to have the right kind of people. So all of those people that who are just getting started in this multifamily space, um, and who are students who have just come out of, uh, you know, learning how to do underwriting and want mm -hmm. to get into their first deal. Um, so based on your lessons learned, uh, what would you, if you were to go step by step for them, what would that be? Well, so I, I learned underwriting. Um, my cost and analyst background helped a lot. I know how to work Excel sheets and things like that, new graphs, formulas, all that fun stuff in Excel that I learned how to do, but also just an analytical, just having an analytical background for 14 years really helped with my underwriting. But the main thing that helped the most of my underwriting was actually doing it. Um, I just underwrote any property I could find and started catching on to trends saying, okay, this is how much this place is spending for repairs and maintenance. This is how, this is a normal utility cost. This is a high utility cost. And just starting to understand that. And so I would mainly go to these big brokerages and get their properties because they have just properties listed for sale on their website and they 
have all the information. And I just started underwriting all of them. I also thought I could take on a $250, $25 million property without ever having a sponsor already lined up or have knowing how I was going to raise the money. I had no clue what I was doing. I could have got us in some big trouble if one of those offers would have been accepted with no plan in place on how I was going to put the earnest, how I was going to put the earnest money. How was I going to raise $10 million? You know, all that stuff. I had no idea. So what would have helped was is knowing a sponsor uh, as I was doing this underwriting, reaching out to sponsors, interviewing them, finding out if I like them, finding out if someone I want to work with and finding out what it is that they they want to see in a property. What kind of return do they want to see so I could know what to underwrite to? And also not guessing. That's a, a huge thing for people underwriting. If you don't know, you don't know, but don't guess. That was a huge thing for me. No, I, I completely agree with you. I think this is what I always keep telling uh, all of them. First, uh, try to get your sponsors lined up. Make sure that you have a good understanding and and you are a good fit for them as well uh, because it goes both ways, right? Uh, so yeah, I understand. We are always, uh, we, the, when you're first getting started, you the first thing is, oh, I want to close on this deal. But um, if, if you don't get along with your teammates, then it's uh, it's like marriage, right? It's gruesome. It's painful. <laughs> Uh, so I'm glad that you I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> so no, but I'm glad everything fell for you in place, and yeah. um, you know, um, uh, it, it was uh, it was a good experience for you. Um, so, <clears throat> uh, you know, but I think they always say that um, uh, people love to, uh, you know, always learning is something that's a continuous process, and a lot of people read a lot of books. So, uh, Kit, what do you do in your free time? Do you like to read books? Uh, ride motorcycles. What do you what do you like? Play sports. What and if sports, which one? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm too old to play sports now. Um, I, I tried about five years to go play flag football, and I pulled my hamstring on the first play of the game. So uh, I'm, I'm out with sports uh, books. I'm, I'm more of a movie guy, you know. But um, pretty time, I really like watching uh, like Rod Khalif. I really like watching his videos about real estate. So that's something I like in the free time I do when I have time. Um, entertaining. He gives away so much knowledge too. So I've always liked him. You know, I, I got three dogs that I hang out with. Um, so that, that's, that takes up some good time. And, um, you know, uh, I got a lot of family I like spending time with. And so I like getting, getting outside doing things, but, um, I guess I should probably take up golf. That's probably something I should probably pick up. It doesn't require a lot of, uh, you know, exerting a lot of muscles and things like that. But, you know, I used to play sports all the time when I was a kid. That's all life was about sports. And, um, as I got to like past 35, the muscle aches and everything got too much. <laughs> well, you gave out your age, but then again, that's <laughs> I don't mind uh, at this point. <laughs> uh, I think, I think, yeah, uh, it, it, it's uh, when you, um, I think learning golf is a good thing. It's a good sport. Um, a lot of things do happen on the golf course. That's to say, big, most of the big um, uh, dis decisions do happen out there. It, there is a story behind it where um, there was this gentleman who was playing uh, golf and um, the other person, um, you know, he was also, who, who he was playing with, had brought his wife with him and um, <clears throat> ended up this guy um, was kind of moving the ball a little bit just to, you know, borderline cheating, you can say. Yeah. And, and um, you know, the other guys, um, but, but the other guy was getting along with this person really, really well. And he really liked him. But his, you know, his wife told him not to do business with this guy. And uh, he asked him why, uh, asked her why. And she told him, like, you know, it's what, what you do today in your regular life is what you do in your, like, you know, in everything that yeah. you do. So if he is a person who cheats on this one, he's going to do the same thing for you on that. So, yeah. You know, so there is a lot of things that you learn. And also it's golf is like, you're not competing with anybody else. You're just competing with yourself. So if you're not going to be true to yourself, you know, you're yeah. not going to be true yeah. to others as well, right? So there's so much 
that you learn over there. So yeah, of course, I think you should take that up. Um, uh, now it's, been, I, it's, it's probably about 10 years since I've played, you know, I used to play a little bit every now and then, but uh, it's probably been a good 10 years since I've actually been out there and hit the balls around, but uh, I should probably should. Yeah, yeah, I think you should. So, um, you know, Kit, um, to those who want to get in touch with you to understand your experiences and, um, you know, to learn from you, what is the best way for them to reach out to you? Uh, probably my email or text message. You know, that's probably the best way. You know, it, it's uh, text messages now are just so much easier for me. But yeah, that's that's the best way is, is be just send me an email, send me a text message. And... Yeah, no, definitely. We will uh, include your um, uh, email address as well as your cell phone number in the, uh, you know, uh, when we send out, uh, send it out. Yeah. So definitely it's going to be there. Uh, so first of all, Kit, I really appreciate you getting on the podcast and uh, talking about your experiences, the challenges, and, um, you know, uh, giving uh, more information about yourself as such. Um, oh, yeah. Now we do know that you're over 35. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, th and this is the longest my hair has ever been in my entire life. But, you know, I've, I've never had a chance to grow out my hair. I was like working corporate America. If I had things, so I was like, hey, when else am I going to have a better chance to grow out my hair than now? I work, you know, so here we go. Awesome. Awesome. No, it was interesting. Um, your journey, it was a lot of fun. Uh, so thank you for coming. And, yeah, thank you. Um, you know, uh, let's talk again some other time. Yeah, we'd love to. There's, there's, there's a lot more to discuss. <laughs> Absolutely. Each week, we dive deep into real estate investing, uncovering the secrets that have helped countless individuals build wealth and enjoy a boss-like retirement. We've got you covered from property investment basics to advanced strategies for maximizing your retirement income. Join our exclusive investors community to learn about passive real estate investment opportunities. Stay tuned for our next episode and here's to your continued success in real estate investing.